This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The body shop in the United Kingdom, not here in South Africa, has collapsed into administration. It's something that might uh, look like a business rescue. It's a process that threatens over 2,000 jobs and even uh, could see 200 stores closing down. Uh, and we know that uh, in South Africa, the body shop belongs to the Clicks Group. It looks like it's business as usual here at home. But something is to be said about what happened to the body shop. Uh, it is it is one of those uh, you know brands that uh, South Africans know and love here at home. But even globally, you can't go to any busy strip strip in Europe without seeing a body shop of sorts. And to see it go down uh, this path is very, very interesting. It might speak of competition and movement within uh, the conscious beauty sector, but it also might just be speaking to a cash-strapped consumer. So we decided to ask an expert to come and help us understand what this means. And joining me on the line is Ian Fur. He's founder of Sorbet and uh, the Hatch Institute. Ian, a pleasure. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Thank you very much, Tando. Thank you so much for joining us, Ian. In my mind, I can't imagine, uh, you know, walking through any busy strip, strip in Europe and not having a body shop there. But it looks like uh, that's something that could actually emerge. Yeah, it looks like it. And it's very sad, actually. And, and it shows you what can happen when a founder's dream becomes a reality and they build a business based on purpose. And uh, it was quite unusual in those early days to have a purpose-led business like this. And Anita Roddick, who founded the business, she did some some really unusual things. Uh, For example, when they were advertising, instead of using models that were all skinny and and beautiful, she used the everyday woman. And she said, this this product is is for everyone. It's It's not just for the beautiful people. And so that that was something that really caught on at the time and started to build a lot of traction and loyalty. And and even though they weren't the cheapest, they were a little bit more expensive, people were prepared to pay a premium because they really resonated with, with the purpose of the business. And so that was how it built up. And then, of course, she sold the business eventually. And once it goes to a corporate, it's very difficult to, to emulate that sort of purpose-driven culture because because the corporates are more focused on the bottom line and short-term profitability. So you start to get like an erosion of, of, of the purpose and of the culture and the values of the business. So I think that's what happened there. And in fact, the business was sold for a second time, as I understand it, to another company that was even more focused on, on trying to get quick returns and of course, once you do that, you know, when you start focusing on the money, unfortunately, you, you focus less on the customer. Mm. And I think that may have been part of the problem. Uh, the only business that I can think of, uh, Eon, that has, uh, you know, exchanged hands rapidly, like the body shop, is Edgar's. And that often tells me that people see potential in something, but they aren't quite able to uh, bring it to fruition or materialize uh, that uh, potential. And is this something that could have happened to the body shop? Yes, indeed. I think it's the same thing. And uh, various businesses came along and thought, okay, well, we can make a go of this thing. But it just it wasn't easy. The original Edgar's was you know, was an icon of the clothing industry and it just no one has ever really been able to emulate that success. 
And so it's been a struggle for a long time until it went into business rescue and had to be brought out of there. So, yeah, it's, it's another example. From my point of view, having founded the Sorbet Group, I, I was obsessed about, about purpose uh, and the purpose of business, the purpose of work. And for us, you know, the purpose of work was to serve our customers and to make them happy. If people came into the beauty salon, they came because they wanted to feel good. And that was our purpose, to touch their lives and make them feel good. And if you did that on a regular basis and with some element of consistency, there was a pretty good chance that the money would follow and, and you'd be successful. So so it's, it's one of those things. And, of course, then, you know, I sold that business as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really in a position to say what has happened to the to the culture since I, I left it. But I do imagine that it was quite difficult to keep that going. <laughs> I also ask you, Anna, you know, as we speak of sorbet and, uh, you know, think of the body shop as well, it's a highly competitive industry. Uh, and, you know, women are always uh, the target of uh, this, this disposable income and the lipstick effect, you know, the need to look and feel good. And I'm also wondering if that's something that has also, you know, caused the industry uh, to, and brands like uh, the body shop to fall by the wayside. There's just so many entrants. The barriers to entry aren't uh, very high as well. Yes, correct. The barriers to entry are very low in the beauty industry. And yes, you know, as the competition in- increases and improves, one has to try and stay ahead of the game. And, and that, I think, is maybe where some of these brands fall short. They, they, don't, they don't anticipate the change and they don't anticipate the competition. So they're kind of just, it's business as usual and hoping that people will just linger on and their loyalty will remain for a long time to come. However, you know, it doesn't happen like that, and and then somebody else starts to eat your lunch, and that and yeah, that's a real problem. So, so the whole thing about it is, if you if you lose focus on the customers, you can be virtually guaranteed that you're going to fall by the wayside. Also interesting is, uh, you know, we live in a world that's speaking about green everything, from mining is going green, uh, buildings are going green. In the mind, yes. Beauty being green is a, a great place to be, but that value prop hasn't been able to hold either. Yeah, look, I think I think that's what she tried to do to a large degree. Is that she she tried to make the product all organic and natural, and that was also part of the success. Uh, and I'm not quite sure what happened to the boy shop in, in terms of of the product range, but um, it was definitely something that the original founder. Was, was quite obsessed about was the quality and, and, and the natural sort of um, ingredients of the product that they were selling. And it, and, and it becomes more and more competitive. You know, as you know, I say, a lot of people coming online, coming on Steam, you don't all, you know, quite a few of these businesses now are, are online businesses. They aren't even brick and mortar anymore. So the competition is coming from you at all angles and you just have to make sure that you stay ahead of the game a bit. While they're trying to copy you, you are you know, setting new standards and, and increasing and improving your, your quality of service and, your quality and the attitude of your people. Because if the attitude of the people is not good, if the staff do not feel that they are accepted and respected and have a sense of belonging, then there's no way they can go out there and serve the customers to the best of their ability. And I think that is the real key to it is have that built a culture where people feel that this is a place where I can go and be happy and then serve my, my we call them guests, serve my guests to the very best.
of my ability because nobody nobody comes into business and, you know and into the workplace because they want to make profits for the shareholders <sighs> they need to know that they are doing something meaningful and there's, there's a contribution so the purpose of work really is to make a powerful contribution to the lives of the people you serve and that must never be forgotten Brilliant, Ian. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, and I hope you can keep coming to talk to us about all the entrepreneurial stuff that you do at the Hatch Institute. Thank you for your time this evening. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Molly Tando. Appreciate it. Go well. Okay. That was Ian Fur. He's the founder of Sorbet, and he's also the founder of the Hatch Institute. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.